I always say if if the work that you're doing isn't helping you to be more free and feel more free, then the work isn't working. Hello, my name is Bettina Brown and welcome to In the Rising podcast, a podcast and platform I've chosen to talk about living a life where you rise up to live the life you really want to live, and focusing on whatever avenue you want to pursue, career, relationships, financial bliss, emotional bliss. And even though I'm not a counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist, any of those things, I really have been blessed to talk to many wonderful people who are life coaches, who have really had those moments that changed their life and are looking to help others as well. My guest today is Sigrid Tazis, and really a phenomenal woman, humanitarian at heart, and I'm so happy to share this with you today. So I am thrilled to speak with you today, Sigrid, because I looked at your website. I looked at what you're doing, what you're changing in the kind of the the momentum of emotion and mental health and spiritual health. And What connected me to you, what I feel a lot of people understand is this phrase that I'm getting from your site, that you had ticked all the boxes and did all of the quote unquote right things. And it helped. However, there was a deeper part of yourself that you still could not access. Go into that journey a little bit for us to to really see, because I feel that resonates with many, many people. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. So I come from a background of corporate and I used to work in Barcelona. I had the job that made sense, the life that made sense based on my awareness at the time. Right. And when I moved from that, um, thanks to being blessed with an experience of anxiety and started to go all in into personal development and spirituality and all of that type of work, I took the approach that I had in my corporate career and get things done and tick the boxes and get to the tasks and complete and achieve and hustle and go and push and do. I took that into my personal um, journey with personal development and spirituality. So that meant, or it looked like me going through all of the practices and doing all of the right things, reading the books, doing the meditations, going to yoga, um, having the coach, doing all of the right things, the journaling, the gratitude lists, all of the things. But there was something that still wasn't clicking for me because I always say if if the work that you're doing isn't helping you to be more free and feel more free, mm-hmm. then the work isn't working. And I feel like with the personal development industry, it's easy at times to get caught up in developing the person. So we're always developing the person, developing the person, developing the person, meaning we're always looking for the next thing we need to learn, the next thing we need to improve, the next edge we need to lean into. There's always an improvement. So it's almost like it's solution driven, but from a space of fixing. So for as long as we think we have to fix ourselves, the work will never end Mm -hmm. and we will never get to a space of really knowing ourselves. So I found that I was doing all the right practices, like you mentioned, but I still didn't love myself. I still didn't feel truly at peace within. There was always this idea that my fulfillment would come 
through the next book or the next podcast or the next seminar, the next workshop, the next certification. And it wasn't until I started to do the embodiment work that I realized that I could tick all the boxes. But until I got to this place within myself, nothing would truly shift in the direction that I that I was craving and desiring. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us um, are recovering achievers, overachievers, recovering academics, because that you can see that process go. Um, and then with, you know, self-developing, yes, to read the book, to become aware. When you said embodiment, what, what does that mean to you? What would that, how would you describe that to someone when you're revealing this shift for you? Yes. So there's a thousand different ways in which I could put this, but one really simple analogy that I like to use is, or visualization is, do you know it as in, in your head stays in your brain conceptually, you know, something, it makes sense in your brain. And it goes into that box of things that make sense, but you probably never make a good use of, or do you know it in your body? Like in a way that it becomes second nature that you actually apply, that you actually um, run with, so it's it's a matter of taking all of these concepts and all of these really intelligent big words and big things from the mind into the body, allowing the nervous system to catch up with what we know conceptually and allowing those teachings to become part of who we are also when nobody's watching. So one thing that it's important to know is that the body remembers what the mind doesn't. So every single piece of trauma, fear, stress, overwhelm that we've ever experienced is in the body until we get it out. So we can learn all of the things conceptually in our minds, but unless we are also doing the work to do the, the somatic work and the emotional release to allow the body to catch up to that, then it's almost like trying to climb a mountain with only one leg. It's, it's pretty tough. You know, you have the other one dragging and you're trying, you can get out there, but how much harder it's going to be. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a work of bringing these concepts from the mind into the, the body becoming those teachings. Right. And there are different modalities um, for bringing that out of the body. Like there isn't necessarily one right thing, but I, my personal experiences, I've had, you know, traumas, and I would go to therapy after therapy. And I've heard from other people, therapy after therapy. But it wasn't until I went to one that actually moved the body, that I pulled it and it like literally drew it out of my body that uh, it, the, it was released, that it was truly a weight gone. I still know it in my brain as facts, but it's not living eternally in my body. And that shifted a perspective. People noticed it. They, they said, something's different with you. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that, so it's really important to do that. What, how do you say like the body, the, the body's nervous system doesn't catch up? What, how do we know if it's, it's out of alignment? What would be some clues for us when we're not really sure what to look for? Yeah, that's a great question. There are many, but some of the ones that I see people experience the most are things such as anxiety, uh, lack of sleep, uh, inability to stay still, to sit still, to relax, this um, nervousness, this feeling that something's wrong or something like the other shoe will drop all the time, mm-hmm. um, fast reactivity, aggression, um, definitely also this feeling like your breath can't go past your diaphragm, 
shortness of breath and difficulty to really breathe deeply. So anxiety would be the first one that I know most people experience nowadays from as a result of an overwhelmed nervous system. There are so many, but I would say if there's anything that just, and this is something that sounds simple and, and it almost sounds like silly of how easy it sounds, but it's, it, it can be that simple checking in with the body. If something feels like it's not right, it's because it's not. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're thinking or noticing reactions and patterns in your body, that means that your body is not exactly how it should be or how it gets to be. Yeah. So anxiety, you notice it's not your breath, it's not naturally happening. There's a shortness of the breath, there's a pressure in the chest or or like pressure in the throat or shoulders. There's something about your beingness that feels a bit off. So those usually are clues that the body's saying, hey, I'm not okay. And when we do this type of um, somatic releasing or emotional releasing, really allowing the stagnant energy trauma to move out of the body, mm-hmm. a lot of those things start to, to go down to lessen. And the body starts simply to come into a um, more harmonious way of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's in there from my experience with, with people too, that there is almost a self-mistrust that the body's trying to communicate and we're not listening because it's not what our brain will say, but it's really okay that you really do have the answers within you and it's yeah. okay to not know them all right now. Yeah. It's to start to, to build that communication with yourself. So you have really done a lot of work. You, you said that you bridge ancient wisdom and modern leadership. How do you bridge? What is ancient wisdom for you? How would you describe that? Mm, yeah, great question. So for the past decade or so, I've been really deeply immersed into my own personal journey with spirituality and learning from all of these different, well, learning all these different modalities, but also learning all of these different ancient traditions. Um, there are so many that we could say yoga is an ancient tradition. There's ancient wisdom in yoga. There's ancient wisdom in Ayurveda, in Vedic meditation, um, so many different things. But for me, the main thing or the biggest one has been plant medicine. And um, years ago, I was blessed to, with the experience of being introduced to plant medicine, specifically ayahuasca in this case. And I started to sit in ceremonies around the world with elders from different spiritual communities and these ancient cultures that have been carrying the sacraments for God knows how long and learning from their ways of living in right relationship with the earth, living in harmony with everything around them. And that was so deeply insightful and shaped so much my leadership and the way I am and lead today that I definitely saw the importance of bringing more of that, the ancient ways into Mm -hmm. our modern ways, because we, so many of us have this calling within of serving and being of service to others and creating an impact of making a positive change in the world. And a lot of the times when we look at modern leadership and I say leadership in, you know, quote unquote leadership, because what we're seeing portrayed as leadership into this world is pretty disappointing in so many ways, but when we look at today's leadership, it is obvious that there's something we're missing. There are so many ways in which we're missing the point. And when I started to sit and study these different people, Native Americans, Mexica um, elders, 
Peruvian elders, Indian um, Incan elders, um, elders and spiritual teachers from the uh, Brazilian Amazons, just people that have lived in such deep connection with the earth and in community that have not have to have to experience a lot of the things that we experience, the suicidal rates, the um, everyone on medication, the mental illnesses, the destroying the planet, they didn't have those issues. So really looking at that and going, how can we breach the knowledge that they have around how we may live in harmony with everything, including our planet and one another, into this modern way of moving forward? And I have found that to be such a powerful foundation. When I work with my clients, a lot of the times we think that it's the work of becoming a powerful leader is about becoming something or achieving something or discovering something, learning something. But I have found that oftentimes, if not all of the times, is a lot more about undoing and unlearning and remembering who we truly are, what we already know, what simply makes sense. When we actually slow down and let go of all the different attachments that we have, look at what simply makes sense. And from that space, our leadership is so much more clean, is so much more powerful because we go from competition and um, ego-driven, wounded, self-driven leadership into a space of true powerful leadership that is driven by service, is driven by um, really deep values. So I bridge those, not just as a way to really support my clients to connect with their deepest truth and, and their deepest why, but also because so many of those modalities that I have learned over the years are so powerful and so helpful for us to keep grounded and keep centered and keep aligned as we continue to move forward as entrepreneurs and teachers and healers and coaches and speakers, authors, all of that. Yeah. So I think it's definitely important to yeah. bridge those two. And I think that's, I love the words you used, um, bridging values to feel centered, grounded, aligned. We may not know a lot of things, but we know when we're not those, right? We know yeah. when we are not, when something doesn't feel right or not, well, that wasn't really what I value, but definitely being aligned with where you are and to see the competitiveness and and, and competition is good, but to an extent, right? There's always the, the, the coins. With that, living in harmony, when you are having, say, a conversation with someone, how do you bring out that they may not be living in harmony with themselves? Like when they're seeking that out, how do you start to unravel that? So when someone's listening to this podcast, they're like, this is something I know, this, this resonates. Mm, yeah. I mean, we are the center point to all the pieces of our lives. So oftentimes it's as easy as pointing that out. If there's anything in your life that isn't working exactly how you would like it, then you get to draw that back to yourself. How are you being so that you are co-creating that, that reality for yourself in a very tangible way? Let's say that your relationship or your marriage isn't working exactly as you would like it you can definitely stay at the level of blaming your partner, looking at what in your partner isn't the same. They're not as 
as charming as they were when we first started dating or their socks are on the floor or left there, whatever stories, we can focus on what in them isn't working for us, what in them is screwing up the relationship. But at the end of the day, if you remember and think about it like as if you were, let's say, an octopus, all of the different legs that reach out to all of the different places are coming from the same one being and mm-hmm. come back to the same center. So everything that you're touching, you are touching. It mm-hmm. starts with you in your leadership, in your business, in your relationship, in your friendships. It starts with you. So we can definitely focus on what in others or what out there isn't working, but that oftentimes would lead to nothing but a waste of time and a lot of suffering. So when we really want to shift our life in a deep, long-lasting way, we get to look at ourselves. We get to look at how am I playing into this? What am I not looking at? What am I not taking responsibility for? So I always start there. It's a matter of first having the awareness and acknowledging that you are the center point piece to all of the pieces of your life. Mm-hmm. And then gathering the courage of really taking responsibility. And this is not a matter of taking responsibility because you're super honorable and super amazing as a leader. It's a matter of practicality. If you don't take responsibility for what's happening in your life, then you will always be at the mercy of that something or someone changing and shifting so that you can create the reality that you desire. But as as soon as you take responsibility and choose to take on whatever is showing up in your life, in your relationship, in your business, in your leadership, and see how you may respond and how you may shift your come from so that your reality shifts as well, then you have a chance. You have the power, you're reclaiming it, taking it back. So people often think that taking responsibility is about being, you know, super amazing and, you know, this really superhero-like personality. But to me, it's just a matter of common sense and practicality. If I don't take responsibility for everything that's happening in my life and responsibility and blaming is different. I want Mm -hmm. to also highlight that. It's different for me to know that I am responsible and I am empowered for my reactions and my responses to what's happening. That is different than saying that things that are happening are always my fault. Very Mm -hmm. different. But it's just a practical way to go about it. So I always get my clients first and foremost to acknowledge and understand this. Then from that space, we can move into amplifying your impact and creating the results that you want. But if, if it's at the mercy of somebody else, then how do we go about it? It doesn't work. Yeah. And I like how you, you discuss being at the mercy, like just saying being at the mercy of someone else. Most of us are like, Oh, I don't want that. I don't want to feel because it's a powerless position where responsibility is a place of power. And it's, Mm -hmm. um, it gives you that control, which we like to have control over our lives. And that is so important. So I know that you, you support mission-driven entrepreneurs, coaches, leaders, Share a little bit more about what you do, what you're, what, what you're doing out there into the world. Yes, thank you. I am known for holding what we call initiation containers. So I support those leaders, mission-driven entrepreneurs and coaches, healers that are ready to really become the embodiment of their mission, that are ready to take the success that they've created and fully amplify the impact, the the depth of their legacy become fully in alignment with what they preach and what they say they're about, really amplifying 
everything from the inside out. And I support those leaders, those entrepreneurs, those coaches to come back home to themselves and to initiate themselves into the most powerful version of their womanhood. I, I work a lot with women. So their womanhood and their leadership. And that from there creates such a ripple effect in every single area of their lives. So what I see often with coaching and uh, business and all of that, there's this focus on the impact that we create outside and how we may, you know, create a better business strategy or a brand mm -hmm. strategy or marketing or better ads or whatever it is, improving your speaking skills or building credibility. But there's no credibility like being your word and being in embodiment and in integrity with who you say you are. And that can really be felt. So my clients usually come to me because they have created some success. They have achieved a lot of the things that they thought would get them there, whatever there is. Mm -hmm. And they find themselves feeling like it's still not enough. Like there's still a level of dissatisfaction. There's still a level of knowing that even though the world may praise them to some degree, they still feel like they're playing at 20 to 30% of their capacity. Mm -hmm. So what we do is coming back home and initiating them into their fullest expression. I do this through my mastermind, The Embodied Woman. This is a six-month container for women. And one-on-one -on -one initiations, there's different ways in which I support my clients with that. Yeah, wow. So my podcast is called In the Rising and it talks about how we are still, you know, either going outward and achieving or even going inward to pull something out that we didn't know we have or still discovering um, to really embody our, our true being here, our true opportunity in this lifespan. Where do you see yourself still moving up to or going to? Mm, beautiful. I definitely in new levels of vulnerability in my relationship. I'm bringing right now a lot more depth to how I can continue to soften into vulnerability and allowing my partner mm -hmm. to hold me. Yeah, I'm really well trained in holding others mm -hmm. and I have learned to hold myself really well. Mm -hmm. And the edge um, over the past few years, it's definitely been just discovering what new depths of vulnerability I can bring mm -hmm. into my relationships and and it's something that from the outside, it would look like um, people that experience me as, as vulnerable and, and really surrender. But I know there is more. I know there is more to let go and surrender. So that's the journey I'm in personally. Okay. And so I'll have your links listed, but do you want to go over how someone can learn more about you, how they can come in contact with you? Sure. Thank you so much. So you can come and find me on Instagram, Sigrid Tassius. It's one of those names that you probably have to check the show notes <laughs> to know <laughs> how to find me. But go ahead and find me. I share a lot of um, really high value content almost on a daily basis on Instagram. Um, you can find me on my podcast, Sacred Leaders. There's a lot of really, really high value um, epic content over there as well. And everything is Sigritasius. So my website is there. If you want to learn more about my six-month mastermind, The Embodied Woman, it's going to be there. And by the time you release this, um, we will have closed the next round of intakes for The Embodied Woman, but you can still apply for the next round. Just join the wait list and get in touch if you want to learn about one-on-one -on -one coaching and one-on-one -on -one initiations with me as well. Wonderful. 
Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was really a pleasure speaking with you, learning about you, and you definitely have an, a feel of, of an aura about you that feels really good um, through Zoom and across the world. So um, continue thank to do the wonderful work that you're doing. It was really a pleasure to speak with you. If you are looking to really embody your potential and live that out, step into that fear, just like Eleanor Roosevelt says, do something every day that scares you. And today that just might be following your dream. So thank you so much for listening to In the Rising podcast. You know, if you felt this episode was positive, share it with someone. Put this in the hands and ears of someone whose life it may impact. Leave it a five-star review. And until next time, let's keep building one another up.